Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Office of Special Investigations, the Air Force's federal law enforcement agency. I'm Hannah, his daughter, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I have always been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello, welcome to True Crime Archives, everyone. It feels, man, it feels like we haven't been here for a while. <laughs> yeah. Because we took last week off, huh? Yeah, yeah, we took the holiday off. Yeah, um, I hope everyone had a good holiday. Mm-hmm. So, Dad. We went deep into the archives. Yeah, this is actually another suggestion, another recommended case oh, that's from right. uh, Tracy. She has been, she sent us another one that we, uh, John List. She's recommended the John List oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's a good, she's pretty loyal. Yeah. Most of you have either heard of or seen any of the films called Amityville Horror. Because there's quite a few, actually. Yeah, in fact, I think a lot of people only remember that. The Amityville Horror, yeah. Yeah. And I actually, so I don't do horror movies. Mm. I don't do scary stuff. Uh, it's ironic, I guess. <laughs> I don't do like fictional horror scary stuff yeah people remember this one and because i didn't know the this house had the two eyes the two windows up up at top and they were like eyes mm-hmm. and it would, the house was spooky whatever i don't think they looked like eyes they have since been changed by the way though yeah. those windows aren't like that anymore they're square but everybody but remembers the like house this. and then the family they're starting to see ghosts and, and things but you don't get the true sense of what the real horror apparently they f- was. they faked it yeah anyway so I didn't know this was actually based off of, like, the movies. I didn't know that that was, mm-hmm. you know, the family moving in after these murders, and it was based off of, like, an actual yeah. event. I didn't know that. Today, that's what we're talking about, if you haven't guessed. Yep, we are, the real horror behind we are talking, Amityville. Yes. The actual family uh, that was murdered in the house. It's the DeFeo house. The DeFeo family. In 1974? Yes, 1974. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> my, I had a different date in my like little introduction because mm-hmm. I was going to give you a little quick backstory on the DeFeo okay. family. All right. So yes, we are talking about the DeFeo family, specifically the you know bad guy that we're talking about is Ronald DeFeo Jr. He was born September 26, 1951, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, he has four siblings: Don, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew. Um, And then his parents were Ronald DeFeo Sr. and Luis DeFeo. So the house in question, the house that we're talking about, they actually uh, bought it on June 28th, 1965 and moved Mm -hmm. into the house. And it's at 112 Ocean Avenue. The address has since been changed, however. Yeah, because there were so many people that were driving by. Mm -hmm. They also did that apparently with the house where... The Tate and was it LaBianca? I can't. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, yeah, mispronounce yeah, the, the her Charles name. Charles Manson thing. Yeah, yeah that the, those murders. Yeah, they changed that address Tate, too. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. That came up when I was doing the research. Thought it was interesting. We're just gonna jump into the timeline. Yeah. On November 11th, 1974, Ronald DeFeo and his father got into a fight in the basement of their home. Uh, now this is allegedly. This is what the trial testimony wasn't that great there was a lot of back and forth not very uh, good reliable testimony november 13th 1974 early early morning like 6 30 a.m 
uh, Ronald DeFeo is seen waiting at a car dealership for it to open. Now there was some back and forth on like when I was doing my research on if he actually worked at this car dealership. I didn't quite understand that, but it seems like this is where he worked. Yeah. November 13th, 1974, uh, around like six thirty PM Ronald DeFeo runs into a bar that he had been at earlier, uh-huh. um, screaming for help that his parents have been shot. And it seems like this bar was like a neighborhood bar type thing right down the street or something. Yeah, this Amityville seems to be like a mm-hmm. small town where everyone kind of mm-hmm. like knew each other. There was a lot of back and forth witness testimony Not to be confused stuff. with the town of, the, the fake town of Amity where Jaws was. Oh. Yeah. I mean, since we're talking about two popular movies. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see that movie. Yeah, no, so. that's a fictional, <laughs> it, it's filmed in Martha's Vineyard, but it's fictional Amity. Oh. Yeah. Ha 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 ha. Okay. <laughs> All right. Peel back the onion. <laughs> okay. A bunch of people from the bar follow him back to his house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's they they go in the house and they find that his parents have been shot. But also, all of his siblings have also been yep. shot in bed. And they're all in bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Yesowit is one of the guys from the bar that had gone back with him to the house. Yeah, isn't he the guy that called 911? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Oh, okay. So he calls 911 and gets the police over there. Um, and they go in and they find the family. Uh, I think... What I read is that they actually hadn't found the girls yet, so it mm. wasn't until the police got there yeah, yeah, yeah. that they find that also the sister. Well, I mean, one one or two dead bodies is enough to say, oh, I think it's time to go call the police. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. Let's just get into the everything afterwards. Then there's okay. there's a whole lot. Of, that's why I'm not really sure where to even just begin. go. Just go for it. Uh, evidence suggests Luis and Allison had been awake when they were shot. I couldn't really find anything that said exactly why. That evidence, like what evidence would, how would that be suggested? So here's, the, so there's six people, right? Killed? Mm-hmm. And he shot them with a rifle, right? A twenty two rifle? It was a thirty five caliber 35 Marlin caliber, rifle. Yeah, thirty five caliber, okay. And, you know, so there's tons of theories that go back and forth. You know, how do you walk in and go bang, 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 and nobody, nobody wakes up? Three floors, you too. know, right? Three different floors, and if you look at the crime scene photos, everybody's laying on their stomach, shot once in the back or the head, in the back. Except what, what, the parents. The parents were shot. No, they all had been shot twice. Yeah. What What did you say the about parents had been shot? Someone twice. had got up or something. What was your yeah? So your, it said that evidence again? suggested that Luis and Allison had been awake when they were shot. Yeah. So. Like what would tell them that? So there were um what I looked at when I examined the crime scene photos is the not everybody was under the covers. So did mm. they did they get up and did he command them to go back lay face down? You know, that's that's possible. They're all face down. I think he might have confronted a couple of them or, or a couple of them confronted him and obviously it's his family, so he says, Lay down you know, put your face down. I think that's what it was. I'm not really sure, but I think that's what it was. Now, if you look at the mom and dad, looks like they're in a king bed, but it's not. If you look really, really close, it's, it looks small. It's no, they're two singles or twins or whatever, yeah. because you can see the uh, the the covers, right? So, mm-hmm. 
mom was undercover, his dad was not. Is you know, his mom hot at night and dad's not hot? But dad was completely so. So did did he go in and shoot mom first, and then dad got up and he said, "Get lay down on your stomach," and then he then he shot him. I think that's where they're going with some of them. I am not really sure other than just the theory of how do you shoot six people, nobody wakes up and nobody confronts you, and then the way that all the bodies were. I think that's why they're they're suggesting that. Okay. According to the autopsy and ballistic reports, though, the victims were shot face down asleep. So the, the autopsy yeah. suggested that they were asleep. Right. I mean, um, that's what the pictures look like. Yeah. Yeah, I was strange. when I was reading that and then I saw the the pictures, I was like, that looks like they were asleep. So the investigator starts thinking who else helped. Right. You know? Right. Was there an accomplice? Did two people go in and do this at, at one time? Mm-hmm. Which uh DeFeo is gonna change his story multiple yeah, times. Later we'll get it in later. Life. Yeah, he'll it, there's there's tons of videos. I didn't I'm not posting those references, but there's tons of videos. I watched He'd, the video. Yeah, he did interviews in prison and such and um, one of those ABC News things, and he, yeah, he's gonna say we'll get to that, but he's gonna say that somebody was helping him, right? In the beginning, he says that yeah. it was just demons that, yeah. which I think is what also like lends to that horror movie, you know, the Amityville yeah. horror. Yeah, yeah, it kind of made it that family kind of like played off of it a bit. It seemed like so, right? But the autopsy says they get shot in the back. Hmm. Parents were shot twice. Siblings were all shot once. There was blood splatter on the floor. Spatter. Sp- spatter. Spatter. The article said splatter. I wrote was, down exactly what the article said. It's wrong. <laughs> okay, spatter. That, that's, so this is the whole point of this podcast, right? Blood spatter. I am telling you <laughs> that it's spatter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Common mistake. There was blood spatter on the floor and the dresser in, mm-hmm. I believe it was Allison's room. So that was when I was reading it. It suggested to them that she had been standing up, standing or up, yeah. she was, yeah, or moved or something. Because there was no. Uh, oh, I see. Why didn't you tell me that in the beginning? Yeah, I'm reading down my notes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So they can tell. Gosh, that's yeah. That's pretty important, right? Mm-hmm. So the blood spatter was where. It was on the de floor and the dresser. I think actually it was on, it was in Dawn's. Dawn is the older one. Yeah, it was in I think in Dawn's room. Maybe she sat up or something. And yeah, you can tell where blood pattern analysis mm-hmm. is pretty pretty important. It can tell you can you can learn where someone was standing when they were shot, how close mm-hmm. they were shot. It 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 tells a lot. And there was. Uh, gunshot residue on Dawn, but that was disputed back and forth on if it was just because she was in close proximity to the gun when it was shot, or if she had actually actually handled handled the gun. Because that's going to later be later, the implication, yeah. Right, because she later he he says she was sick of mom and dad too, and she said let's let's kill him, and they did it together because they wouldn't let her see her boyfriend. Right. They, and I guess. Allegedly, he the dad treated everybody bad, so the boyfriend was the final straw. So that's right. That's the story that he's going to tell later on. Mm-hmm. Eh. And she's the only one with the blood spatter. And that also kind of makes sense because sh- so her bedroom is up on the third floor. So she was found in her bed up mm-hmm. on the third floor. And so that's the other thing that the investigators were like, "How did she? He started on the you know the very bottom floor. How did she not get up?" 
not hear anything. She's on the third floor. She could have escaped. She could have gotten to one of her other siblings. You know what I mean? So right. He could have also. It could have been true that they went because he says that she chickened out or something like that. And he started killing everybody, and then he just said, now, you, go over there, and she's the one that maybe put up a fight or was standing in the wrong position, you know, or, or wasn't laying face down like the rest of them. So it's also possible, it doesn't really say much uh, other than maybe she was awake she with was him, moved, yeah. and he, you know, turned the gun on her later. Right. There was, so altogether there was eight shots, 140 decibels uh, estimated for the sound. Um, four different rooms on two different levels. There was no silencer, and literally, mm. like he didn't use a silencer. Literally, no one in the neighborhood heard anything. Not yeah, a single uh, person a said they caliber heard anything. rifle. You might not. It just might be a pop. You know, really? Yeah, it might not. But eight it, shots, eight of them. Yeah, it might not. That's crazy. They heard eight, the dogs yeah. bark. The dog barking. Right. It it just might not. And I don't know. I. Obviously, I would wake up with gunfire. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's hard to tell. This is one of the biggest things that stresses people out, I guess, about this case. You know, how you start shooting. So how many floors were there? Two? Two floors. Two floors. Four different rooms, how two do floors. You, how do you start shooting and somebody doesn't wake up or hear something? Right. That was the, that was the point. And again, it kind of lends to the horror movie side of things where... You know, he talks about a demon and, you know, the demon gave him the gun and told yeah. him and no one heard anything. So it like I can kind of see where that idea comes from. I, but I don't. Here's the problem I have. He killed everybody. So who's he trying to protect? Why did he wait till years later to bring up his sister? I think he was wackadoodle anyway. I think he was mentally ill. Yeah, I think there yeah, was. Well, yeah. I mean, you said it nicer than I said it. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I think he had. And and he's, I think also maybe some part of it was mentally ill, but maybe some part was, I don't want to say psychopath or so. What's the right word? It's just a mean yeah. person. He, I mean, well, he's a mass murderer. If his, if his father really was so abusive, mm-hmm. there's a lot of trauma there. He, you know, how old was he? Why was he still living at home? You know what I mean? Like there yeah, could why, have been just a lot of trauma. Dad, why do you kill everybody? Right. I, I'm not, again, I looked at those crime scene photos and... I think if somebody woke up, he probably commanded him to lay down face first, lay lay down face first in the in the bed, right? You know, because they all seem to be laying in a similar position. Yeah, they also, uh, you know, investigators did toxicology tests on all of them because that was another thing that bothered them. Like, how did he not? How was it just him doing this? And he killed six people and yeah. no one, you know. So they did a toxicology test. Um, n- there was nothing in their system. None of them had been drugged either. Uh-huh. So they say at the crime scene that Don had a head wound. There was, uh, it was, th- it was just a mess in her room. Mm-hmm. But again, there was nothing like on the the headboard. So that was what was suggesting that she was shot somewhere else. Yeah, it just it, it just shows that she was maybe facing him or shot somewhere else. It doesn't it doesn't really say anything else that maybe she was aware or she was awake, which uh, again only fits his theory later in life. Right. Okay. Th- that she was awake with him when when this all happened. Yeah. I I think I believe that cuz of later testimony that I'll mention. Yeah. Um 
and there's some other things that make me a little crazy about this. Mm-hmm. But okay, so they call the police. And the police are coming out. They're doing their investigation. They're seeing all the things that we've been talking about. They're mm. making their assumptions. There was, could have been more than one person. Uh, Ronald immediately tells them that he believes it was a mob hit on his family. Yeah. Because now we find out that he has been doing drugs. He's been dealing drugs. He's been like, uh, he was already on like a watch list. Like they were surveilling the house because they believed that he was smuggling in like a ton of drugs. Right. Which apparently there was a literal cops sitting out in front of the house that, that like that very night that this happened. Don't understand that. But the, the not cops, the DEA had the house under surveillance. So uh, don't really understand that. But they immediately take him into protective custody because they look at this and they're like, OK, this could be a mob hit because the way I mean, the way that they're all shot in bed execution style. Right. Mm-hmm. So they take him into protective custody and the very next day, he ends up confessing to the murders. Yep. Because he shot him. Say that again. When they picked him up, they picked him up the next day. So, what, what, no, that the, the very day that the police are called that night, he tells them that he believes it was a, a mob hit. And they oh, immediately, yeah. so they immediately take him into protective custody because they believe him. And then the very next day, he just straight up confesses to the murders. And he says, he tells them that he took a bath, changed his clothes, discarded the mm-hmm. gun and a, all of the clothes and evidence. And he just talks, <laughs> tells them everything. Yep. I was just looking up the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath. I I think he oh, could fit. That, he would yeah, that fit, was my. He would fit either, either one, to be honest with you. We didn't, I didn't go into that for this case, but he, yeah, there's definitely... He doesn't have a sense of right or wrong, and he can't. I mean, if you can kill six of your family members, you definitely don't have a a sense of a meaningful relationship, loving relationship. He showed no remorse, mm, yeah, for any of it, and he confessed it all. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there was. So you're gonna get the part. So the what did he do with the gun again? He discarded it in the like river, like body of water. But then they had the box the in his in his bedroom of the ammunition. Yeah. yeah, they found ammo for that gun in his room. Well, they also found the box to the gun. Oh, I thought it was just the box to the ammo. Yeah, no, they found the box to the, the gun. Yeah. Well, they found the gun too. They yeah. found it right where he said that it would yeah. be, and the well, clothes that he had discarded. Where he, w- I did a homicide case, and the guy said he threw the thing in the water. Took us three days, and we found it. We found the knife. Yeah, it's pretty awesome when you can do stuff like that, huh? So they yeah. found the gun. Yeah. Okay. Yep, they find it. They find everything he said. He tells them again. This is where he starts his web of very many stories. Uh-huh. He starts spinning all these different stories, and he tells them that it was a demon in the basement. He yeah. said that they were his family was going to kill him, so it was in self defense. And he was hearing voices. It's all this crazy stuff. I don't understand how if the DEA had his house under surveillance that night. How did this happen? Yeah. I like when I read that, I was like, mm. <laughs> how does that make any sense? They didn't hear a gun They're I mean, they're trained to hear. Th- like, so that's true. That piece. Yeah. That was in the show, too. I just. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it's one of the DEA members, it will testify that he saw 
um, Dawn come out of the house with, and she's actually the one that discarded the gun. She comes out with the gun in a black hoodie that she was known to wear. And he, he literally testifies that he saw her coming out of the house and and like leaving and then coming back in the direction of where the gun was discarded. But yet they took his story. You know what I mean? They didn't confront yeah. him with that. Yeah. So I don't know how yeah, this, this I don't is, know how that played in, but that was I yeah, was like that makes no sense. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, none of it at any turn. Boy, I wonder what happened to that DEA agent. I wonder if he get fired or something. Yeah. So he, they yeah. were watching the house. How do you for, not hear? Yeah. They were watching it because they he so they thought he was smuggling drugs. So he was just already on a list because he was. And in and this crowd. is the only witness that saw allegedly Dawn walk outside. No, there was another person that said that they saw her later on in the day doing something suspicious. L- later but on after the killings, or you mean earlier before the killings? I think it was earlier before the killings. Yeah. So again, that that, that kind of thing just fuels his story that she was the one that. Wanted to kill the parents, and, and but that wasn't his original story. He didn't come out with that until no, years no. I, later. I, I get that. I get that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that just fuels that story, and but it doesn't move the needle because he still was a part of it, and she's dead. So why was he protecting her? It doesn't right. make any sense. I don't know. That's why I was saying. I think he there was yeah. She was probably some kind of involved, and then he went and killed her afterwards. Yeah. What well, another story that I read that he said is that she killed his siblings. So because like it was never supposed to go that far. Mm-hmm. It was only supposed to be the parents. Parents, yeah. And when or she the dad killed, at least, yeah. Yeah, and when she killed the siblings, he was so enraged because the siblings were never supposed to die. Because it seems that the, the the younger siblings are the only ones that he ever shows remorse for, and so he says that he killed Don because she killed the younger kids. But he killed the parents. In that version? Yeah. No, he said she killed the parents too. Yeah. So he's in that version that he tells, he's That's saying he's, he's saying only killing he only killed, he killed Don. Yeah. He uh, said she killed the parents and then went overboard and killed the siblings and that's when yeah. he was like, No, you're done and killed her. But again, that story changes. Right. And and the thing is, they got um they got his fingerprints, they got the gun, and they know he was there. He killed at least one person, so he and everybody right. else is dead. And Don is dead, yeah. Yeah. So it's not like do we have the wrong guy convicted, right? Type of thing. No, you know. So I guess they didn't have to be too too thorough, too detailed oriented when it came to that. Yeah, October fourteenth, nineteen seventy five is going to be when the trial begins, mm-hmm. uh, and of course the defense is going to go for the insanity plea, of saying course. that he acted in self defense because there were voices plotting against him. Yep. I don't really understand how that's a feasible defense, but. Yeah, it is. They had they had expert witnesses, and then the prosecution had ex- expert witnesses. The prosecution had a Dr. Harold Zolan. He said that Ronald used LSD and heroin and had an antisocial personality disorder that he completely knew what he was doing when he murdered his family. So this doctor on the prosecution mm-hmm. side says, no, he was aware of what he was doing. He was on drugs. He knew what he was doing. Um, he even being on LSD? He knew what he was doing, that talk said? That's yeah, weird. that's yeah. what he said. I know, when I read now, that, this I was like... this is 1974, so LSD and heroin is not a big deal. That doesn't <laughs> surprise me. Yeah. November 21st, 1975 is when he's found guilty of six counts of second-degree murder and is sentenced to six concurrent life sentences of 25 years to life. 
So yeah. he's in prison for the rest of his life. Yep. And then he actually just died. I think I had a yeah, the, the 21 end of it. Just he literally yeah. this year. That's why that's why this popped up and we said, hey, let's let's look into this and let's do this one. It, it's it's kind of simple. But there is some funny circumstances, you know, the the police screwed up. I think funny is the wrong word. Yeah, they're right. The police screwed up and they put a photo from another crime scene. Oh, yes. I was they, just I was literally just going to talk about put this. A neg- there was a negative from a from another a negative of a female shot and killed in, in a bedroom placed by mistake in with the photos. Okay, so what I read is that it wasn't mistake. It was just the way at the time the police department categorized yeah, 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 their photos. Yeah, yeah. It was handed over by mistake. No, no, no. Right. So it's a good point. I say mistake. Right. But it's, it technically it's, was. They, right. It's how they took the photos and cataloged and stuff. And so there was this whole thing. Oh, my God. The seventh body. What, what is this? There's new evidence. What's going on in the seventh body? But but what does that do, though? That doesn't change anything if there was a seventh body. No, but it just adds to the mystery because at this point, mm-hmm. the movies were already out. So yeah. at this this point, this guy is writing, he's writing a book. Yeah. And he is covering, he wants to get to the bottom because it doesn't make sense, right? This is something, this is why people are into true crime, okay? These cases that don't make sense. All mm. of the... Like the Madeline McCann, like all of the things that don't make sense to people. This yeah. is why everyone gets into it. Yeah. So this this case doesn't make sense. So this guy's doing research and he requested all of the crime scene photos and he gets mm. it and he's like, wait a minute. What is this? There's a seventh, yeah. seventh body. Honestly, did you look at those photos, though? Yeah, it, it, you can tell it's in a different place. No, the two bodies looked exactly oh. the same to me. The no, bodies, no. When that's you what laid I'm saying. Them, when they laid them on their back, yeah, correct, correct. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, crazy coincidence that this mm-hmm. other woman at the, on, the, like, the same day was murdered in the same way. But when police, start, just when like police start making mistakes like that, it just it just compounds yeah. um and it caused a big it caused a big ruckus i mean he's in prison he's still convicted it doesn't matter but it caused a big like mm-hmm. outburst and in, of interest in this case and mm-hmm. people like being like what what happened there's a lot of photos taken in the house and then there's a photo of a holster like a handgun holster and the gun's not in it so that fuels the conspiracy theory that somebody else helped them, but the ballistics only shows right, only shows the one rifle. Yeah, it sh- it, the ballistics came back saying that all six, all eight mm-hmm. shots that were fired came from the same gun. And they got him. They got him holding the gun, owning mm-hmm. the gun, shooting the gun. I mean, that's that's evidence. That's direct evidence. You know, the the things. I don't know that it really matters if if he shot. He, let's say he got a, a a jump on the first two, and then he goes upstairs. And they're awake, and he's yelling and screaming at them, get back, you know, lay down face first, whatever. I don't really know that that makes it a conspiracy theory or changes the, or moves the needle or anything. You know, it's still, they all were shot face down. Right. It was still a, br- a brutal, yeah. gruesome murder that he. Mass murder, you can call it, I guess. Committed. Yeah. yeah. It was awful, terrible. And he he continued to feed everyone's fascination by continuously talking to people and changing his story and what he eventually lands on. He even tried to sue the, the guy who was writing the book and the movies. He tried to get, make money off of that, which Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's awful. 
But it was in that correspondence that he says, finally, the last thing that he is going to stick to is that there was three people who committed the murder, him being one of them. So he never really says who the other two are. He's just going to end on Mm. there was three people involved and he was one of them. So I'm looking at the photo and John and Mark were in the same room, beds next to each other. Mm -hmm. So that was quick. Then people have seen the movie know that. Mom and dad in one bed on the other side, but that I can't remember if it's upstairs or downstairs, on the other side of the, the building. And then Allison was by herself in that one room. So yeah, you I mean, is it possible mom and dad didn't hear anything? Like you know, and then it is well, They were murdered first. Yeah. They, so they were they downstairs? Yeah. Okay. So they were downstairs, boom, they're laying next to each other. Then he goes running upstairs and there's three more Where was the where was Dawn's um, She's on the very she was on the second floor. She was on the top one. She was up on a bedroom by herself. Oh, that's right. Okay. So that was what the confusion was, is like, why, how did she, she had plenty of time to Yeah, you know, away. I am, I'm looking at this thing. I think maybe she, maybe she was, maybe that part of his story is true. And then he just, at the end, he said, nope, you're going too, because he was a sociopath. Yeah, I kind of believe that storyline that Don was involved. Towards the very end and at the end, he says that there was a third person involved. I, I don't know who that would be. Maybe Don's boyfriend, because... It involved him. I could see that being the thing, too, because he's the one that tells the police that her parents were trying to keep them apart from each other. Yeah. And that angered her. So maybe he could have been involved. He could have been the third person, too. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yep. What time did this happen again? 3 a.m.? Yeah, this was around. It was 3.15 a.m. And he went to the bar? Like, the bar was still open? Good Lord. He had been... No, so that was later that night. Okay, so November 13th, 3 a.m. is Uh when he murdered his family. And then he goes about his day. That was what, I have that timeline. That was what I was starting to read and I was getting confused at the beginning. He went throughout his normal day. He went to work. He was Mm. taking his dad's car to get service. Oh, that's right. He went and saw his friends. There's another like conspiracy part to this. All of his friends' testimony puts him in multiple places at one time. So there's also a conspiracy that his friends maybe knew or had his back or someone was involved. One of his friends were no, involved. No, that's why when you look this up, they say, as a reminder, he killed his family about 3 a.m. Right. But they the implication is that the friends might have known mm. because there was not a single reliable testimony from any of his friends because all of mm. his friends' testimony put him in multiple places at once. So he goes, hangs out with his friends, meets up with people. All the while, by the way, the dog is at home barking. Mm-hmm. And he, the there was a, a friend, a family of the fr- a mm-hmm. friend of the family that took the younger kids to school every day. She went by at the same time to pick them up. They weren't there. She noticed that the cars were home. There was multiple people that said they saw the cars at home, but the, yeah. the lights were on. The dog was barking. 
And he was telling people that he got locked out of his house. He got into a fight with his dad and he left his key at home. He couldn't get back into the house. That's when he goes to the bar. So he goes to the bar later on. It's like five something. He's at the bar hanging out, chilling, showing his face. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to go home and try and break in. Yeah. His thing is like, I I can't get into my house unless I break a window. And he's telling people, oh, my dad's going to be so mad at me. He's going to make me pay for the window. So this is why And then he goes back and he's like and then he comes back to the bar. So this it's is why he lost PM. Yeah, this is why he lost the the insanity thing, right? Right. He's he's because having a whole day, yeah. Because he's out manufacturing his story and his alibi. So you're not insane and snap if you if you're doing that. Yeah. You know, you're you're kinda planning your, your alibi, I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I just don't and then he told someone at the bar, maybe I'll see you later. So when he leaves the bar to mm-hmm. go back and that's yeah. when he finds his parents, mm-hmm. he says, maybe I'll see you later. And then he goes, oh, my God, they're killed. And he goes running back to the bar and, and he gets them. So, yeah, he's setting yeah. up. He's trying to set up his timeline and everything. That's not somebody who's who's insane. That's why he lost the uh, insanity thing. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Did we do it justice? I mean, what's, you know, yeah, he... he I guess the thing we don't really know. Is, so, do we know motive? I don't know. He, um, you know. I think I maybe can believe him. Maybe Don did take it a little too far. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, she's dead. I'd, she was a, as far as we know, she was a victim. You know, mm-hmm. uh, did maybe she was she involved and maybe did she take it a little too far and he yeah, was just it, supposed to help her cover it up and then she killed the younger siblings and he. It, it, so it you're right. It didn't, look, and but it didn't look like the police investigated that the blood spatter, you know, to show, to to kind well, of prove like that. Because like you said, they at, have at the him t- right at the time. Right at the time, so it's not necessarily bad police work. Right at the time, he confessed. Remember, he mm-hmm. confessed. They had the gun. They had him tied to the gun, and the gun killed six people. And he said, "I did it. I did it." So they didn't look into anything further. Right? They just had a tie. They had to place him in the house. Place him. You know, connect him to the gun and connect the gun to the murders. And they had his confession. So you're right. It wasn't until years later. So they're not going to open it up and say, oh, let's see. Because what's the point in determining whether his sister was involved or not, right? Yeah. And I think the only reason that it got, it even was dragged on past his conviction is because of the movie. And because all the different movies that came out. I don't Mm -hmm. think anyone would have paid it any attention had none of any of that happened. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the family that moves into it, into the house afterwards. What's their name? The Lutz family. Mm-hmm. So they buy the house for ridiculously no, that's, cheap. No, that's, is that the real family or is that from the movie? No, that's the real family. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's the Lutz family. That's, that's their name. They bought the house right after the murders. Yeah. And fully they, furnished yeah, by and the they, way. And they, they With claim the they claim that they were seeing ghosts or hearing something or something. They, I mean, I have a breakdown of what it all has to, or what happened from the show mm-hmm. that I was watching, like the documentary that just came out about it. Yeah, they they were only in the house for twenty eight days, and just crazy things. Uh, they they say that they had like the priest come out and bless the house, <laughs> and he even was like in the bedroom where the two brothers were. He told them like don't sleep in this room no one should sleep in this room this family is what inspired right the movie that's what i'm saying so yeah. i don't think had they that's why we call it we're calling in. this the real horror 
about Amityville. Right. I don't. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think had they, if they hadn't come in and done what they did, mm-hmm. and then the movie was made, I don't think anyone would have continued to even pay attention to anything. They probably got the house dirt cheap. Too. It was eighty grand. <laughs> yeah. At the t- and this is in nineteen was seventy six. Seventy six. And this is. Uh, if you don't know Amityville, I don't know if it's still the same way now, but it was a very it was a rich area. Yeah, it was affluent, right? Because yeah. if you look if if you look at the house, there's a big driveway oh, goes all now. goes all the way back, and there's like a boathouse because it was right. Yeah. It's actually on the water, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Yeah. So Where they. Is it at? In, this is New York, upstate New York, yeah, somewhere. Amityville, yeah. New York, and I mean, yeah, they go, and the house is only eighty grand. It's a huge house. Uh, and of course, the realtor doesn't tell them anything about the murders until after they've seen the house. And this is a a newly married couple where it's like a blended family. So she has a couple kids, and he's marrying into this family. So he's going to be the stepdad. They're starting their life together. They find this amazing house in this amazing neighborhood for eighty thousand dollars, which I guess at the time was super super cheap. Well, it's super cheap now for a house, but you know what I mean for that house in that area. That was a steal. So they move into it. Fully furnished, though, which is strange to me, with the furniture from the DeFeo family. Like, they didn't move Mm -hmm. anything out. I think that's strange. They move into this house, and they're there for 28 days. And they apparently concocted this whole story, which is what dragged out, I think, Ronald continuously talking about the murders and what yeah. happened. And then he tries to capitalize on the yeah. money. I wonder, if he got, I wonder if he got paid. I mean, I, I don't know if he got paid when you do the interviews for TV, but yeah, I wonder if he was getting some cash or something and he kept dragging it out. He you was know, putting up sense. a fight for it. I was. Yeah, I read sense. a couple. It was one of the letters where he was asking for money because of the mm-hmm. book and the movies. Well, he died early this year. Yep. In prison. All right, cool. Yep. The Amityville Horror. Well, the real story about why it's a horror right which i didn't know was i didn't know that that was it was based off of an actual true story Mm -hmm. so that's interesting i think that's that's all All we have for this one right yeah all right next week's gonna be exciting we got a not really a follow-up but um a extension of the route 29 yes also suggested sneak peek from another a follower, yeah, Elisa. We'll, we'll shout out to them. Oh, no, we'll shout out to them later. Yeah. And, okay, um, so thanks to who for this one? This is Tracy. Thanks, Thank Tracy. Tracy. All right, thanks, for Tracy. for suggesting this yep. one. Hope you guys listen, enjoyed listening to us break it down. Um, sorry if it was a little rough in the beginning. I, it's It feels like we haven't been here in a while. Yeah. If you guys are enjoying listening to us, you can go ahead and give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you would like. We would appreciate it. We've been seeing all of your reviews um and mm-hmm. we really appreciate that you can follow us on instagram at true crime archives podcast and then we're at twitter on twitter sorry at tc archives pod yes so post all the updates and everything there and i think that's it we'll see you guys next week all right later bye